Praise God, brothers and sisters. Um, I'm very glad to see familiar faces this week. People I didn't see last week because people were preparing for youth camp, and I hear that it was very fun. I hear that it was also very spiritually encouraging for some people, and I hear sometimes people finish their sentences with a, but that's okay. Slava Bogo, God bless you guys. I unfortunately couldn't make it to youth camp, but I did have some fun this last Saturday and Sunday. I had my younger brother get married. My brother Michael was married. God bless him. Praise the Lord for that. Not only him, but the next day on Sunday, my uncle also got married. So I got to enjoy both of those weddings. I got to participate in them. And now today, that was not enough. Two days was not enough. Today's the third day. I'm in the wedding spirit. So I too wanted to do a sermon on singleness. And I'm really glad to see some of your guys' ears perked up. Praise the Lord. That's exactly what I was hoping would happen. Yes, I wanted to do a sermon on singleness this evening. I cannot tell you of an instance where I heard a sermon on singleness here before. I cannot tell you of a moment where I can remember hearing someone preach a sermon on singleness. I've never heard much on the topic of singleness in here, personally, in youth, not out there in the sanctuary, personally. Everything that I've heard on singleness was something I heard online from a preacher or I read from a book. So I thought this would be a great opportunity, by God's mercy and grace, to tackle the topic of singleness this evening. And the first thing I wanted to say before I get into the word is this. Our Slavic culture is not very nice to single people. Isn't that right? Amen? Our Slavic culture does not support single people very well, at least from my experience. From my experience, if you are single, usually it's because something is wrong. If you are single, usually you are deficient in something. Usually you are inferior in something. Just recently, I heard a joke that was directed towards me by a very older gentleman, and he said this. Uh, I'm 21, I'm turning 22 in October, and he said to me, Dennis, in Russian. It has to be in Russian, otherwise it doesn't hurt as much. And he said this. He said, before 25 years old, you choose when you're married. After 25 years old, someone else chooses for you when you're married. After 30 years old, you don't get married. And so you guys have all heard these. I'm sure you guys have felt these. These things were directed toward you. I can only relate to you guys. Maybe you girls have had it worse. Maybe you've had it easier. That's up to you. But you guys know what I'm talking about. And because our culture is not very encouraging towards single people, that's what I wanted to do this evening. I wanted to encourage us here who are single. And what I mean when I say single is this. People who are not married. The Bible does not recognize you if you are a boyfriend. The Bible does not recognize girlfriend. Those things don't exist in the Bible. Either you're married or you're not. So when I say single people, I mean people who are not married. And as some of you know, there are people who date for a couple years. None of it worked out. They were single before they started dating. They're still single now. So that's what I mean. Once again, when I say single people, I mean people who are not married. And so the first place I wanted to turn to was the book of Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4, starting at verse 23. It says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. I think the majority of the sins that we commit, or the things that influenced us to commit sins, were areas in our life where we did not keep our heart. 
instances in our life where we did not guard ourselves. What do I mean? Uh, the words that came out of our mouth, the things that we heard, the things that we let into us, the things that we saw, whether it was online or in person. The lot of the areas in our life where we have sinned and we have compromised have been areas where we did not guard our heart. When we were young and our innocence was taken away from us because of someone who was maybe older, someone who wasn't a Christian gave us the knowledge of sin. For example, I remember the first time that I stole from a gas station was because an older person peer pressured me into doing it. All of us are doing it. Why don't you do it too? Do you see what I'm saying? In other instances, this may be an older person encouraged us to try our first drink, for example. It was an older person, and you know what that might be in your life. But very often, our sins happen when we do not guard our hearts. That's why we saw Max. He was reading, Woe to those who cause offenses. Woe to those people who cause young children to stumble. When you cause a young Christian brother or sister to sin, and you convince them that sin is okay, it says it would be better for you if you hung a millstone around your neck and tossed yourself in the ocean. I remember Mark read that once before a kids camp meeting. That's the real deal right there. When we cause people to sin, younger people than us, and we cuss in front of them, or we encourage them to drink with us, or we encourage them to sin with us, Jesus is saying, be very, very careful. And so our heart... We single people, I think, struggle with this just as much, if not more. And our culture doesn't help us with this. Our Slavic culture is not helping us. And I thought of three, just personally, three reasons, three different ways where we are not guarding our hearts, where we are compromising as single people. There may be more. And if anyone's been out there at the bookstore or whatever, you know that there's so many opinions. There's so many ideas. Everyone and anyone has their doctor's degree in this. But I just have three reasons for you. There's more, there's less. They might not be as important in your eyes, but these are three that I came with this evening. And the first one, the most obvious one that I think everyone here, I don't need much explaining for is when we compromise sexually. As single people, one area where we may compromise ourselves as single people is sexually. This is the most obvious one. This is the one that all of you know exactly what I'm talking about. When we sacrifice and we compromise our purity, what does this look like? There's one young lady that comes to my mind that I know. She was, it turned out, uh, this was, she was 16 years old. She became pregnant. It was after a New Year's party. And so she got married so that the pregnancy, it wouldn't be obvious that she got married because she was pregnant. She didn't, she didn't decide to get married at that time. She was pregnant and to hide it, she got married. Do you see what I'm saying? This is a very easy example of people who compromised sexually in their singleness. There are people who can commit pornography, for example. They watch pornography, they view it. There are people who entertain pornography. Other areas where we can sacrifice or compromise sexually is with the opposite sex. If I am too clingy, too close to the opposite sex in ways that I shouldn't be, usually it's when you're alone with somebody. These are areas where no one is watching us and sin creeps into the door and we are not master over it and we know that this is probably the worst place we can compromise in because the bible says when we sin sexually we sin against our very souls because when we sin against this temple which is our body our body is the temple of the holy spirit 
And when we compromise sexually, our souls are affected. Our souls are influenced by this. And the second area where we can compromise ourselves is emotionally. So what do I mean when I say emotionally? Once again, I can only speak from the guy's perspective. I can't speak from your guys' side, but this would look something like this. I do not want the responsibilities of being a married man. I don't want to have the responsibilities of taking care of this other young lady, but I do really love spending time with her. And so I will spend as much time with her as possible, and I'm, I'm not even dating her, I'm not even married to her, but I will make sure that she only hangs out with me and I will lead her on. And before it gets too close, I'm just going to back out last second. All right, is that familiar? Have you girls ever, do you guys know exactly what I'm talking about? Sometimes we as young men will get very close to young ladies and we love it, we enjoy it, we have a great time. The second it looks like it's getting too serious, we will back out because we don't want the responsibilities that come with a relationship, a godly relationship. And once again, we are emotionally compromising ourselves. The first way was sexually compromising ourselves. The second way was emotionally compromising ourselves. And the last way that we can compromise ourselves is spiritually. We can spiritually compromise ourselves. And I think, I think at least here in the South Hall, here in this church, maybe sexual compromise might not be the big one. Maybe emotional compromise, you've experienced that, you've participated in that. But this third one, I believe all of us have most likely participated in, and that is spiritual compromise. What do I mean when I say spiritual compromise? I mean, Lord, I need to prepare for marriage. Lord, I need to make more and more money before I get into marriage. Lord, I need to put myself out there, and I need to start dressing well, and I need to start smelling nice, and Lord, I need to do everything I can to maximize my chances of getting into a relationship and getting married. Lord, I know I'm not really reading your word as I should, but I'm taking it by faith. Lord, I know that I'm not really going to youth as much. I'm picking up extra shifts. I know I'm making overtime. Lord, you don't understand. He who finds a wife finds a good thing, and blah, 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 blah. The one that most of us have committed and the one that I commit often is spiritual compromises. I say to God, Lord, I do not believe that you have this in control. Lord, I do not believe that you're going to find a godly wife for me. I believe you're taking too long, God. I need to do something. Lord, if only I put myself out there. Lord, if only I did more. If only I dressed better. If only I looked nicer. If only I worked out a little bit more. If I had a nice enough car, maybe that special someone would stop by. Lord, if only I did more. And what's happened is there's two different ditches, really. You have one ditch that says this, be a spiritual hermit, and the Lord is just going to poof, make one appear last second. And there's the other ditch. The other ditch is you need to date everyone and hang out with everyone and add everyone on Snapchat and hang out as much as possible. And both of those are bad. Both of those ditches are wrong. Both of those ditches are idolatry. We need to have a balance. Why is this very important? This youth is the only time that we will have to serve the Lord. The Bible does not say that we are inferior as single people. God loves us just as much as he loves married people. God does not think that you are less useful to him because you're single. God is not saying to you, Dennis, the time is ticking. If you don't step it up, 
just not going to work out. You're going to be sitting in the back row for the rest of your life. God has a plan for us. And he says to us that this singleness, through Apostle Paul, he says this. He says it himself. Paul says, I wish all of you were like me. Why? Because when you are single, you devote yourself to the Lord. We who are single can devote more of our time to God. Is that a bad thing? Of course it's not. Very recently, I was talking with an older man who is married and has kids, and he said to me, Dennis, do you know why Saturday school ministry works out for you? Because you're single. Do you know why youth ministry works out so well for you, Dennis? Because you're single. And we are being discouraged by those who should be encouraging us to serve the Lord. People are telling us that if you're serving in ministry, that's fantastic. You've been in Saturday school for four years now. Should you maybe let someone else start teaching kids now? People are discouraging us. And Paul is saying something completely different. Paul is saying, now is the time. When you are young, now is the time to serve the Lord. When you are young, you can devote yourself, body, soul, and mind to the Lord. Once you get married, you have to worry about someone else now. And that's completely normal. There's nothing wrong with that. What is wrong? What is wrong is when I am a single person and I am so absorbed and so obsessed with the idea of how can I get married as soon as possible. When I am so concerned with Lord, you're taking your sweet time. I need to do something. I need to put myself out there. And Lord, I will compromise myself sexually, pornography, the lust of my mind. I will get too close to the opposite sex. Lord, I will compromise emotionally. I will start to lead some young ladies on. Lord, I'll start building these really close friendships, but I'll never get too close. I can't let them do that because I'm looking for a a real spiritual wife, and they're not spiritual enough because they're getting so close to me. And Lord, I might compromise spiritually as well. And I want you to all know that first of all, I am preaching to myself. I came up here knowing that I am weak in all of these areas, and I've compromised in all three of these areas, brothers and sisters. And it should not be this way. And I am so sorry that there are people who discourage us as single people. I am very sorry that there are people who have not been good role models for us. Some of us do not have godly examples in our families. Some of us have parents who are divorced. Some of us have parents that left. And some of us have parents who the Lord took away. Whatever it may be, some of us do not have godly examples of what married life is like. And we as single people are trying to swim in this ocean, and we have no clue what we're doing, it feels like sometimes. But I wanted to say to all of you this evening, we need to guard our hearts. For out of it spring the issues of life. If I am not guarding my heart, I am committing sin. When I do not guard my heart, what I am saying is, Lord, I don't trust you right now. God, I truly don't believe, you know what, that person was right. Saturday school is great for me because I am single. Maybe I should leave Saturday school and do something serious for once. Lord, that person was correct. I am 21 turning 22. I'm getting really close to that 25. Maybe things are going to get really rough real soon. And I start compromising spiritually. Lord, I'm not making enough money. I probably need to start hustling extra shifts. Yeah, I got to work a couple Sundays, but Lord, it's to get married. And I'm compromising because I do not trust that God is in control. I do not trust that God is working everything 
to a perfect end. And I'm also afraid of man because I'm afraid of the peer pressure, this discouragement that I'm getting from my culture that tells me something is wrong with me for being single. But I want all of you to know this evening that there is nothing wrong with being single. I want you to know that God loves us, brothers and sisters. It's almost silly that I have to be saying this, right? Isn't it weird that I have to tell you single people, God loves you. My experience has told me something is wrong with me if I'm single. But brothers and sisters, God loves you. And he does not ask you to compromise in any area. He says, acknowledge him in all of your paths and he will direct you. This does not mean, like I said, don't become a spiritual hermit. Don't disappear. Don't stop taking care of yourself. That's not what I'm talking about. But don't do the opposite either. Don't take things into your hands. Don't become scared. Don't fall for these lies that God is taking a sweet time and that things won't work out. We should be serving the Lord in our youth because it's the right time to do it. Not because we're losers, but it's the right time to do it. I will admit to you guys, I have a lot of free time as a single guy, and I use it to serve the Lord. That is a good thing. That is not a bad thing. And if you have a lot of free time because you are a single person, God bless you. Don't fall for the lie. Don't fall for the lie that you will not make it, that you are inferior, that God doesn't love you, or if only you were married, then your ministry would really take off. Please, guard your heart in this area. Guard your heart, for out of it spring the issues of life. And so I want us to all bow on our knees and pray with this in mind, Lord, if I have been compromising, would I first repent? And would you, God, put the peace back inside of me and the calm that comes with knowing I am in God's will. I don't need to know what God's will is. I can be calm if I know that I'm in God's will. Amen? Lord, Father, I am so grateful for this day that you blessed us with, Lord. And I know that, Lord, I have been discouraged as a single person, my God. I know that my culture has told me that something is wrong with me and that I am inferior because I am a single person, my God. I've been told that I am in ministry only because I am a single person, God. And if only I would grow up, Lord, maybe I would do something serious with my life. And I know, Father, there are young men and young women in this place who too have been discouraged, my God. They've been laughed at, they've been mocked at, and they've been made fun of for their youth, my God, for being single youth. And I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, my God, would we take these lies, my God, the peer pressures and the fear of man, and would we lay them at the foot of the cross, my God? I know that you've given us this time of youth so that we would serve you, and that is a good thing, my God. It is a normal thing, and you love me, my God. I am not useless, Lord, to you. I'm not inferior to you, God, just because I am single, my God, but very often I feel like it, my God, and I will compromise myself to you in three different ways, my God. I have compromised myself sexually before you, my God. I have compromised myself emotionally, Lord, and I have compromised spiritually, Lord. It was because I didn't trust you, my God. I believe, Lord, that you were taking too long and that the people around me were right, my God. I needed to do more, Father. I needed to make myself beautiful, Lord. I needed to stick out. I needed to buy nicer clothes, my God. I needed a nicer car. 
I needed to make more money, Lord. And I was willing to compromise spiritually, Lord. I started reading your word less, my God. I started going to church less. I started working extra, my God, just so that I could one day maybe become married, my God. And I pray, forgive me, my God. Marriage is a good thing, Lord, but idolatry is a sin, Father. And I pray the fear of man is a snare, the word of God says. And I pray, if we are in this snare, my God, would we free ourselves in the name of Jesus Christ, my God. I know that you have a plan for each and every single one of us, my God. And the people around us have not given us good examples, my God. We have had families that were broken, Lord. We have had leaders and teachers and parents that have hurt us, my God. We have given us terrible pictures of what this marriage looks like, and we are scared, my Lord, to enter into relationships, my God. We are scared, Father, to pursue marriage in godly ways, my God, and so we compromise. I pray, forgive us when we compromise, Lord. Forgive us when we do not trust you, my God. When we believe that we should be in control, forgive us, my God. I know that you have a plan for me, Lord, and when I die and stand in your presence, I don't want to watch the replay of how I wasted my youth because I was afraid of man, my God. When I stand in your presence, Lord, I don't want to be ashamed when I watch the replay and see how I wasted my youth, my God, pursuing the things that ultimately were in your control, my God. Forgive me, my Lord, when I compromise spiritually, my God. I pray let me serve you as a young man, Father, and let us serve you as a youth that is after your own heart, my God. This does not mean that we're going to be spiritual hermits and neglect relationships with each other, my God, but it does mean, Father, that we will trust on you more than we trust on man, my God. Let us lean at the foot of the cross, my God. When we lean on you in our weakness, you are glorified, my God. When I lean on you, Father, your strength is perfected in my weakness, my God. I pray, teach me to trust you and to love you and to fear you more than I fear man, my God. I thank you for my brothers and sisters, and I pray, Lord, if there are people in here who have compromised sexually, emotionally, or spiritually, Lord, would you forgive them, my God? Would you reveal this sin inside of their hearts, God? By your Holy Spirit, Lord, we cannot continue living this way, my God. We should not be living in stress and confusion, God. I don't need to know what the future has in store for me as long as I know that I am in your will, my God. I can be content through all circumstances, my God. Let me not fall, Lord, for these compromises or the peer pressures, Lord God. Father, I will serve you in my youth, and I will glorify you in my youth, my God. I will not fall for the lie that I am inferior, God, or that you do not love me, or that something is wrong with me, or that my time is running short. I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, would you grow us to be bold sons and daughters for you, my God. We are a youth that loves you, my God, and we will make mistakes, my God. I make mistakes so often, Lord. I doubt your mercy. I doubt your grace. I doubt your love. I truly don't believe that you're sovereign, God. I don't believe that you're in control. I believe that I need to do something, and I pray, forgive me, Lord. I pray, let me remind myself always that you are God and that you are on the throne and that I am nothing, God. I came from dust and to dust I will return, Lord. I need your wisdom every single day. I need your strength and your mercy and your grace. And I know that you love me and you have never forsaken me. You are faithful to me even when I am not faithful, my God. I pray, forgive me, Lord, whenever I compromise, God, when I am not willing to surrender everything, God. When I become impatient, forgive me, my 
God. Let me always, Father, keep my eyes on you. Let me pick up my cross, my God. There will be uncertainties, God. I will be scared, Lord, but you will lead me to the still waters, Father, and you will give me the peace that surpasses all understanding as I give all my anxieties to you, my God. We love you and we need you every single day. Let me not fall for the lies of the culture or the world around me, my God, but let me trust on you and let me not waste this opportunity that I have as a young man, Father. Let us not waste this youth, but let us serve you in love and in mercy and in grace. God, I pray, would you bless the rest of this service, Father, the last word that we'll hear, my God. Would you lift it all up and would you be glorified? In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Praise be to God. Um, is my microphone working? Praise be to God. Amen. Amen. Uh, either you guys didn't have your coffee or you're still under um, I'm assuming that's what it is. Good topic. Good topic. Really, you know, strikes um, really, really uh, relevant, right? Unfortunately, Dennis left because of, I have some comments in his sermon. Um, really important topic to talk about, and I can agree that we don't talk about it that much. And singleness, right? Um, but let me question uh, some of the things. Is singleness with God... Um, Desires for you? What did God say in, a, in the second chapter of Genesis? Let's, let's just be, let, let me just be clear more. Anyone? Yes, that's there too. Amen. That's, that's written, that, там тоже так написано. Okay, when God created Eve, what did Adam said? This is the flesh of my flesh, the bone of my bone, and оставит человек отца и мать, прилепится к жене своей, да? Ибо нехорошо быть человеку одному. It's not good for a man to be what? Alone, right? Those are not my words. I didn't come up with that. It is not good for the man to be alone. Um, yes, there is a proper time for everything. Amen to that. But it is not good for the man to be alone. And somebody said, told me, somebody told me that if, it is still good for you if you still feel feel good, comfortable. Если тебе хорошо, this is not the time for you to marry. Когда тебе будет нехорошо, when it becomes uncomfortable, this is the time for you to start praying to God because it is not good for a man to be alone. But if you're good, if you're enjoying your singleness, if you're there to 
do works for God, amen. This is good. This is good for you at that time. And you know, I was raised in America. I came here when I was 17. And I'm going to disagree with you, Dennis, on certain points. You missed the, the first part when I praised you, so that's good. Um, important sermon, but I'm going to disagree on a few things. Um, one thing, because I, I came here when I was 17, and I went to high school, and the cultural shock was for me, boyfriend and girlfriend idea, you know? When, when, when people are kissing in high school, during classes, outside, in the cafeteria, you know, inappropriate hugs and, and, and all of that. You guys are all exposed to that. Don't tell me you never seen it. And I believe that's the most damaging cultural influence on us. Not the church. The church is encouraging healthy marriages. The people in church, maybe they come out, come off, you know, harshly and they joke. I got some offensive jokes towards me. That's okay. That didn't break me. You know, that's fine. But I believe the culture has the most damaging and long-term damaging effect where it encourages you not to get married but enjoy the benefits of a married person. Enjoy the intimacy without the cost of being committed. And being a young man, I know exactly what kept me from making the commitment. The fear of commitment itself. I was afraid to commit myself to one person. And I was scared for the future of my kids. Looking around. And if you're in the right mind, you would be scared, right? Looking around what's going on in the culture, I was scared. I did not want to get married, have kids, <laughs> because I was afraid. I was afraid. And honestly, that's what kept me from making the commitment. And I believe only God is able, when I gave up that fear to God and I surrendered it to God, He gave me the confidence that it is possible with Him. And only with Him it is possible. So I encourage you, young man, and I know you are making the, the first step. You are making the initial, initial um, proposals and whatnot, um, I encourage you to take it to God first. And I agree 100% on, on what Dennis was, was saying about, you know, compromises that people make. And again, I don't think it has to do anything with the church. I think all, all of it has to do with us, with our flesh, with the culture, the example we see in a culture, and the compromises that we decide to make, right? This is not the topic of my sermon, <laughs> but I thought it would be good to, to, to talk about it, uh, to talk about it. God bless you. I'm real, I was married at 28, and I got the full heat, okay? I got the full heat 
And you know what solution I found? When people come up to me and say, how old are you? And you're still not married? I said, brother, thank you for praying for me day and night that I would get married. I'm serious. If people tell you, um, are you getting married soon? Thank you for your prayers. I'm so in need of them. And people change their attitude, you know, because they know that they don't pray. Um, so, yeah, just a little hint. <laughs> it kept me going for some time. Praise the Lord. He is good. He is good. We came back from the camp. And what I would like to do, I would like to just uh, refresh our minds and, and hopefully um, give a little glimpse of what we covered at the camp. And I believe repetition is good. You know, at our house, we have this little toy. It's like a little wheel with uh, buttons, and there's different animals. And you can switch it to English or to Spanish. And my kids, uh, they like to play with that toy. And for some reason, they like to press the same button for a long time. <laughs> it's like there's so many other buttons, you know. Uh, but no, they, they just press. So I come home, and my wife speaks to me in this weird language. She starts counting, you know. Una, dos, tres. It's like, what's going on? She's like, they drive me crazy. They play that toy in Spanish. And for them, it's no difference, you know. All day alone. So I, now I can speak Spanish. Right? Repetition. We memorize things by repeating. Um, and I want to just repeat some of the things that we covered at the camp. As Max already mentioned, the team was born to serve. Great topics, great prayers. Um, but the overreaching topic of the camp was becoming a vessel of God. And we were taken from the beginning of where the vessel starts. And it starts in the dirt, in the clay state, right? And we saw that lump of raw clay. Dirty, filled with different particles, branches and whatnot, all kinds of stuff. And that's where the potter starts. It goes down to the riverbed and pulls that clay and starts working with it. Um, the scripture says that um, he brought me, Psalm 42, he brought me out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock, making my footsteps firm. And that's where the born-again person begins. It begins in that very low state. And every born-again person can say amen to the fact that we were at the very low when the Lord saved us. We were at the very low and we needed a Savior. And that's where the Lord took us from. He took us and he made, is making something beautiful out of us. But that's a step number one. We begin with a raw clay. And then he went on and he explained that the clay um, goes, undergoes all kinds of different cleansing processes. And one of the mo most important part 
And I want to mention something. I want to say to those who are here, the topic of the camp was born to serve. Born to serve. And the question is, which birth are we talking about? Are we talking about birth, metrical birth, that's recorded in your birth certificate? It's a question. Feel free to hope, answer. No, which birth is it about? Spiritual birth, amen. I want to point that out, that there is no serving others unless you're born again. You can be doing something. You can be following others. You can be working in the church. But there's no serving others unless you're born again. There's no Christ-like selfless service. You will always be discouraged. You will always blame other people. You will always want that recognition, crave that recognition, because service of a born-again person is selfless. You do it because you can't do otherwise, because Christ did it, because that's what's in you, and you're not going to want recognition. We all like recognition. I like recognition too. But when you're born again, you serve others because you love people, because you love Christ. And I want to start with that. Born, beginning is birth, is that new birth. And then the potter starts working on us. He starts cleansing us. And it was said that to be cleansed, it takes a lot of what? A lot of water. What is water in the scripture? The Word of God. To be cleansed, we have to be washed with water. A lot and a lot of water. That's essential. That is essential for the cleansing process. I remember an example that vividly stuck with me. That a person said, um, he gave him a bucket. One young man was given a bucket. And he was running to the river and grabbing some water and bringing it home. But the, but the bucket had a hole. And he was spilling the water. And he was continuously spilling the water. And the, another person saw that and he said, hey, look at that. He's, he's working tirelessly, but he's losing half of that water or more through the process, you know. And the dad was looking at the young boy and he said, that's okay. That's going to keep that bucket clean. That water running, running water, it's going to keep that bucket clean. You know, when we put the water in, it's going to keep the heart clean. Yeah, we might lose some of it in the process. We might stumble here and there. But the abundance of water is cleaning, cleansing us. It's shaping us. It's, it's, it's making us purer, purifies us. It purifies us. So that's the second step in the process is purification. And it undergoes through many screens. That clay has been put through many screens with the help of the water in a liquid state. And it passes through the many screens and being cleansed. The next step is it hardens. The clay is hardened. And the potter does what? 
takes this huge mallet and starts beating on that clay, right? That's the part we like when God starts beating on us, on our pride, beating on our expectations and this and that, and we just crush. <laughs> well, we thought, God, that we're already ready, right? And I thought you're going to, I'm going to have this or that, and I'm going to become be married or be this. You're going to use me in this ministry. But God starts His process. And then He takes a lot of water again um, and starts this new, um, He makes this new clay, cleanse clay. And He throws, He gets that big lump of clay and He throws it on the wheel. And the wheel that spins, and that's where the process starts. And one of the things that I've I've underlined for myself um, is that many Christians never make it to the potter's wheel. The clay of their heart is not suitable for any shape. And I think that's the scariest part, is when my heart is so resistive to God's work that I never make it to the will. That I never make it to his hands. Because I so like the lifestyle, but because I'm so resistive to his work, to the lessons that he's teaching me. But God's desire is to make something wonderful. And then the next day we talked about a vassal's purpose. The vessel's purpose um, there are many different shapes and sizes, many different uses. There's vases, there are plates, there are um, all kinds of different vessels that are made for different purposes. And that's what makes the body beautiful, that we can all serve each other. Um, and the service is great. We don't have time to go into detail. But the main points were that it has to be centered. The lump has to be centered on the wheel. The speed of the wheel, sometimes it's slow, sometimes it's fast. But you have to remember that God is working on you. And it takes a lot of water again. The whole process of making and we saw the, the video, the whole process uses a lot of water. So my question for you, practical, do you add a lot of water to your life? Is there a lot of water in your life? Daily reading of Scripture. Daily reading of Scripture. If not, your clay might be not suitable for God's work. Your clay might be crumbling and falling apart because there's not enough water. You're not changing into the shape that God is trying to make. The potter uses a lot of water. The steps when the shape is made, the final process in the steps in in the in the in the in the process is fire, right? The vessel is placed into the furnace, and it goes. 
500 degrees, 1,000 degrees Celsius, 1,700 degrees Fahrenheit is what it takes to make a good vessel. And that's the part that every Christian will go through, the furnace. The furnace. The Bible says that uh, I believe it's in Job where Job said, test me and try me so that I might come out as gold. You know that's a very painful process? The furnace process where everything is being where we're tested by fire, when we're tested by fire. But the end result is that God can use us in miraculous ways for His glory. Miraculous ways for His glory. And my question today, you know, we came from camp, for those who were at camp, for those who were here. Um, how did your week begin? How are you planning to live your life? I know a lot of people dedicated their life at the camp particularly. To serve God, to do God's work, to submit to God, to crucify themselves. I know I find it interesting when Jesus called the disciples, when Jesus called the disciples, when he died on the cross, when they lived through all this turmoil. They knew everything about Jesus, about his teaching, that he's going to make them a fishers of men and everything. You know what they decided to do when they came back after the crucifixion? John chapter 21, verse 2. If we can have it. John 21, verse 2. <clears throat> it says, Simon Peter and Thomas called they Demas and Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, We will also come with you. They went out and got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. You know what they did? They went back to exactly the same thing they were doing before Jesus called them. And you know what happened? That night, they caught nothing. You know what's going to happen if you continue and return back to your old life? Nothing good is going to happen. Because Jesus wants you be, to be doing what he wants you to do. Because Jesus wants them to be fishers of man. That's why he gave them the lessons. That's why he spent time with them. That's why he gave them those feelings when they were on the mountain, right? When they felt so good, they said, Jesus, we want to live here. Jesus said, no, 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 no. This is not the life that I intend for you. The life is at the, at the bottom of the hill where there's people with problems. That's where I want you to be. And my challenge to you 
dear brother and dear sister, is to be the hands and the feet of God. To be the hands and the feet of Jesus. And it's not a part-time job. It is not a part-time job. It will take full commitment. It does take full commitment. If you want to succeed, add a lot of water, add a lot of prayer, and God is going to lead you. But it's your choice. It's my choice. If I want to submit or if I want to return back to that old boat and that old habits, old, old things that I was doing before, the things that don't work. Jesus is calling us into the new commitment, into his work, doing his work with him. Amen? Amen. Let's pray.